1: Is Armstrong and get The birthplace of talk radio. I
2: all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an
1: introduction that
2: was. Holy God. My
0: gosh.
1: Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah.
0: It's such a bizarre
1: world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. For your
2: own
0: safety and your family's
2: safety, we maintain social distancing. This is Ed McMyer. And now, he. Is
1: Armstrong and Getty? Anybody seen the White Flash? Not yet. Live from Studio C in my house, Senor. This is the Armstrong and Getty Show. Live on this Tuesday, the day of the the, the, well, the year of our Lord, twenty twenty, April the seventh. Thank you very much for tuning in. According to this fancy graph I have in front of me, we have eight days until peak resource use for the accursed Chinese coughing death. April 15th, currently estimated to be the peak resource day.
2: Peak resource use? Is that a new metric that they're... They're judging something
1: by? That's my metric, Sean, because I'm all about resource use. It's hospital beds and ICU beds and uh, ventilators and the rest of it. I'm looking at a very complicated graph. Only a person with a mediocre public school education like me can comprehend this stuff. Uh, But it it looks like the the, uh, COVID-19 graphs that the doctors are counting on. I have this now from a couple of different medical professionals. It's it's the best modeling out there, which is to say kind of iffy. Um, it's saying April 15th is the peak day for beds and ventilators and that sort of thing, hospital beds, ICU beds. The interesting thing is, um and it's kind of a weird graph, but it's got a big shady area. It's shaded uh, to reflect that... Nobody knows exactly what we're going to need. It's somewhere within here and here, right? Uh, it's a range because it's impossible to nail it down, but the range is between 60,000, uh, resources and 280. So it's an enormous range. Um, it's, it's like the entire graph is uncertainty. So again, the only thing that seems to be, uh, You know, fairly certain is somewhere a week from now, a week and a half from now, ought to be the peak in the U.S. of A. Now, your results may vary. Depends what state you're in. Um, But anyway, back to that in a little bit. This morning, we're under the tutelage of honorary general manager Boris Johnson. In his ICU bed in London, we're certainly all pulling for Bojo. Uh, The word from the Brits is that he's doing okay this morning. Um, He is conscious um, and he is stable. Uh, Took rather a downturn yesterday, and they had to put him in the ICU. Uh, But in keeping with our uh, tradition around here, let's introduce everyone on the squad. Uh, There he is pressing the buttons, pulling the levers. He's in the control room. He keeps us on the air. Michelangelo. Michael, what's happening?
0: You know, when I was pulling some of the clips today, I, I found some more positive stuff. You know, most of that's been negative, but I think we're starting to slightly turn the corner now because we're hearing a lot more good stuff, you know?
1: Right, yeah, and, and I think the vast majority of us, particularly A&G listeners, uh, are looking toward uh, positive things, getting back to something like normal, getting back to business, getting back to making money and, and just kicking ass and being Americans. Uh, the whole uh, boo-hoo, woe-is-me thing is, you know, it, the media really plays that up because it's compelling. But, yeah, there's an enormous uh, restless spirit a foot in the country in my opinion. Do you have an uh, enormous restless spirit there uh, positive Sean producer? Uh not
2: typically. My spirit is usually quite well rested, restful. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um I, I did uh, uh make my way out into the uh the great unknown yesterday. I uh, I I had a mask on as I was going through the the grocery store aisles uh grabbing supplies for uh, myself and the uh the elders uh in my life. Now and- this mask, custom sewn by your mom? Um uh not that one. I she actually had a custom sewn one that was just kind of uh, essentially a reusable one, but okay. I wanted to uh educate myself on proper cleaning protocols before I started using that one. Ah. So I had like a single use kind of just the the typical kind of blue mask to go over that I, uh, I I just, I I think soap and hot water would probably do, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably just throwing it in the washing machine when I got home or something. But I I had the single use one, so I just used that and I threw it away afterwards to not, you know, touch the outside of the mask and rub that all over my face.
1: Right, right. Um, I uh, don't have any of those. Where do you get those these days? Did, did you just find them in a store? My mom had them. Oh yeah, yeah! Shout out so to. It's like a surgical mask, huh? Yeah, pretty
2: much. I, I tweeted out a picture of it yesterday, of uh, right before I went into the store with a uh, time for a supplies run with my with my blue mask on. There, I uh, got one helpful comment of uh, 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 someone on Twitter said you're supposed to pinch it up at the top around the nose, just to try to ah. decrease the uh, the air openings. But but uh, there you go. Pro tip: Yeah, uh, supply chains uh, things looked more in stock than they did the last time I was at the grocery store, with the exception of uh you know the toilet
1: paper Uh, naturally yeah Yeah. still rationing that i actually saw that uh, a number of grocery workers around the u.s of a have passed away from the covid and uh, folks are starting to get kind of nervous in that business because they're open for business and a lot of humans are coming and going my son is actually in the grocery business and i'm a little concerned about him of course he's young and hardy so you know, even if he got it, the chances are are extremely good he'd be okay. But I saw a
2: lot more masks out there than I did the last time I was out and about too, which right. I, which I liked.
1: Yeah, throw them on, folks. Throw them on. Twenty five to fifty percent of people are asymptomatic. They say. All right. Well, uh, wherever he is, he's Jack Armstrong, and I'm Joe Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations.
0: At Mark, they want to make Trump look as bad as they can because they want to try and win an election that they shouldn't be allowed to win based on the fact that we have done a great job. We built the greatest economy in the world. I'll do it a second time.
1: There you have it. There you have it. Stock market bounced back a lot yesterday. How's it looking this morning? Uh, Positive, Sean. You're uh, a stock ticker watcher. Futures are looking good, similar to how they looked uh, pre-market yesterday. Very similar. It's funny, my future looks mediocre at best, <laughs> but the market, uh, the market is strong. Excellent. Well, hey, we have a lot of good news, as promised, uh, this morning, uh, today on the show. Uh, optimistic news, some good facts uh, that you need to know. Uh, pro tips for not getting the Chinese coughing death. And, uh, gosh, just all sorts of stuff. And, and again, uh, according to the smart money, we're a week, week and a half away from the peak and then the downside of this thing. Some of the countries in Europe that have had the most horrendous experience look to be improving. So that's good. Uh, so we'll plunge ahead. Really good mailbag coming up in a moment or two. Your correspondence. You can email us anytime you want. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. That's coming up next. Stay with us. Hey, it's the A&G Show. How are you doing? Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Mailbag. You can email us anytime you want. Mailbag at armstrong You got an opinion? You want to? Are you going to react to what we were talking about? You got uh, something we ought to be talking about? Send it along. That's fine. I'm scrolling through my Ben Franklin quotes because our freedom-loving quotes of the day are from Ben Franklin, but this particular source I'm using is all... I mean, it's practically all Ben Franklin's self helpy quotes because he was crazy into that. Uh, oh, this is good. Positive Sean will like this one. I conceive that the great part of the miseries of mankind are brought upon them by false estimates they have made of the value of things. In other words, you're chasing the wrong stuff or valuing the wrong stuff. That's good. How about one more? One more self helpy Ben Franklin. Yeah, that was really solid. I like that. Um, uh, Remember not only to say the right thing in the right place, but far more difficult still to leave unsaid the wrong thing at the tempting moment. Which reminds me a little bit of our Ben Franklin quote yesterday, which uh, had to do with um, anything begun in anger ends in shame. Uh, Let's see. Moving on to the correspondence proper. As you might expect, a little COVID-19 heavy. Here's Carl. If we stopped paying the WHO $50 million a year and instead paid someone to go in and buy up all of the wet market products every day, I bet it'd be cheaper. Probably only cost us $5 million a year or less. My guess is wet bats aren't all that expensive to buy. LOL. Again, it's not actually the bats that are wet, although that's become a funny running joke. And and frankly, those markets are gigantic. They're like an open air grocery store with and you're only you know, supplementing temperature meat with flies all over it.
2: Yeah, if you just go in there and buy it up, they're going to think there's a
1: great demand. They're just going to get more wet bats. That's that's the free market at work, Sean. Right? They'd be selling twice as many. It's a terrible idea, Carl. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Stop it. Never write again. <laughs> Uh, how about, uh, let's see, can I use the name here? Everybody's so paranoid these days. Cole, everybody's afraid of getting doxed on Twitter and have their life ruined. Um, thanks for keeping us sane before, during, and after the quarantine, guys. It's our pleasure. Thanks uh, for saying so, Cole. Uh, number one, I am triggered by all the stay-at-home statements for all those people who don't have homes. Oh, you standing up for the homeless? I like that. And two, as this starts to clear and we get everybody tested, it will create two classes of people. Those who've had it and are immune, and those who have not had it and are susceptible to COVID-19. That should be fun, hon. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it all depends, Cole. Is it going to be it ends in the spring like the flu season? We get the summer off. We get sunburned. We go to the lake. We get drunk. We do all the summer stuff. Um, and then it, it comes back in the fall, and then the question is, do we have a vaccine at that point or a, a good, solid treatment? Uh, but, yeah, actually, you know, in between those things, or, or before all that comes to pass, there are going to be some people who run around thinking, I don't care. And, and you might want to label them or something. I mean, I normally don't like labeling people literally, but uh, maybe get a special hat to wear, a souvenir hat. <laughs> COVID immune? Just say CI on it and everybody would know what it meant. Let's see. How about this? Uh, Oh, back to the bums and junkies. Uh, Al Anonymous, I'm so happy to see the governor. Let's see. Where do you live? Uh, California. Happy to see the governor spending so many tax dollars on saving the homeless. Of course, they'll be the people going back to work and opening back up their business after the shutdown. They'll be the ones to get the economy back on its feet. Two ironies. The homeless population hasn't reported a death from coronavirus. I have not heard of any. Have you, Sean? Not specifically that, no, no. You'd think that the, the do-gooders and the crusading journalists would absolutely make that clear, that it was a, a homeless bloke or bloke cat who who died. So, okay, so far so good, Al. I, I think your facts are okay. And they are the only people who are not sheltering in place, social distancing, nor out of a job. Secondly, when this is all over, we'll be back to discussing what to do with the ever-growing homeless population. Thanks again, Governor. He actually gave a big speech the other day, Governor Newsom of California, who with uh, Governor Cuomo of New York are absolutely the two horses charging up on the rail ready to eclipse old gray Joe, uh Joe Biden, uh, perhaps, and there's more and more talk of that. But uh, Gavin Newsom was talking about the plan where they're going to, send uh, tons and tons of bums and junkies and homeless folks uh, into hotels. And uh, and and he was responding to the concern, well, this is just a temporary fix uh, during the COVID. What do we do afterward? Turn these poor people back out onto the streets? And he was saying, well, number one, there's an extension built into this program. And number two, they're going to have an option to buy. So the state... Of Cal Unicornia might go into the business of buying a bunch of hotels, probably more affordable flea bag type places. I mean, they're not going to buy buy the big gleaming high risey hotels, the tourist hotels, but they're going to buy a bunch of flea bags and turn them into uh, homeless encampments, bum and junkie encampments. Oh, that'll go well. Coming to a neighborhood near you. Uh, oh, a charming tale. Just because I, I have memories of this myself. Uh, we'll call her Anonymous. Back in 06, I worked at Insurance Company X as a lowly assistant selling life insurance with a guy named, mm, I'm not going to use his name either. We'll just call him Luigi. One day, Luigi, a very typical old Italian boss, came to my desk yelling at me to get life insurance paperwork. Now, as a very important client was in the conference room. I scrambled to get everything ready and recalled meeting Joe, that's me, for about five minutes while Luigi wrote up the paperwork for our policy. Rarely listened to AG back then. I was 26 years old, but since I've become a fan, listened ever since. Then turned her husband onto it, and then, okay, now here's why I bring all this up. Although it was a charming uh, experience, and I ended up getting insurance, um, and, and somehow my wife was able to resist the temptation to rub me out, and I remain your humble servant. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, after my private sector job, I started working for the great and amazing state of Cal Unicornia. I am now very heavily involved uh, on a uh, very big budget project. Nothing scares me more than seeing the level of ineptitude in government than working for the state of California. I've lost all faith in the government after the last few years. I worry tremendously for my children and family as to what will happen with coronavirus and the economy uh still lucky to have a paycheck doing what I can to keep supporting local business etc um and she's sheltering in place but yeah it's you know it's funny it's like uh, getting immunity to a disease if you want to get immunity to uh affection for government just subject yourself to it get close to it uh, apply for a permit for something beg a bureaucrat to let you do what you know constitutionally speaking you ought to be able to do anyway Uh, Let's see, moving along. yeah, That's kind of detailed. Maybe we'll do that later. Ah, here's uh, Pete from Spain. He says, hey, guys, Pete, you're full-time Spain correspondent since 2016, not some vacationing usurper. Well, that's right, because we had some people who were stuck in Spain vacationing reporting on the conditions in Spain. (laughs) Yes, some sort of, uh, you know, Fernando come lately. Please, no, Pete, you're clearly our man. the socialist president just announced his new plan. Test everyone. Anyone positive but non-symptomatic will be detained and sent to a holding facility for a minimum of 14 days to... Quote, protect their families. He's ordered all of the autonomous communities, uh, which are like states, to send him a list of facilities that can serve as holding facilities. So we have lockdown, forced medical procedures, detention, and family separation. My wife and I already had it, so I'm not worried about being disappeared into the system. Gulp. That's Pete from Spain. Uh, Wow, yeah, that's some some serious stuff. I still have not seen a testing kit on a corner near me. I hear they're increasing. I guess they're going to the hospital so they can figure out who's got the the creep and crud and who doesn't. But it would be nice if we had enough tests. I mean... You go to a drugstore near you, you got all sorts of amazing things shelves and shelves and shelves of it. It'd be nice if those tests were out there so that if somebody, if we're testing ourselves, say, once a week, um, and you know you have it, but you're asymptomatic, you could isolate yourself. I'm not sure I need the governor or king or president of Spain to order me to do it, but it's a good idea.
2: Certain animal species react differently to new diseases, but so far, there have been no reports of dogs, cats, or other pets in the U.S. getting sick. Still, you should take precautions. If you have COVID-19, someone else needs to take care of your animal and limit interactions with your pet just like you would with other people. If you're healthy, wash your hands before and after doing anything with your pet. And when you're outside, social distancing applies to your animals too. No playing with other
1: people. So, uh, after that, that tiger got diagnosed with the horrendous Chinese coughing death, um, the other day in the Bronx Zoo, a lot of people, including us, said, well, wait a minute. If tigers can get it, how about dogs and cats? And, uh, they asked, oh, uh, was it Dr. Fauci? One they of asked your Carol Baskin. <laughs> Carol, laughing Baskin. Uh, they asked one of the experts, uh, what should you do with your pets? And, and the answer, which clearly was from a non-pet owner was, well, you should probably limit your interactions with them and, uh, wash your hands after every time you pet them. And I'm like, hey, you know, listen, maybe, maybe Jack's pug that would work for, her, but Baxter, the brilliant codependent, needy boyfriend dog that I have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we call him Mr. Underfoot because he's, uh, he's, he's so clingy. What, are you, I mean, what are you doing over here? What are you doing over here? yeah hey can i help uh you mind if i hang out uh what's happening over here hey why'd you go into that other room i just thought i'd follow you in uh into this room here and and see what you're doing here in this room uh i see you're leaving again let me follow you let me follow you because he's yeah and he's just he's he is clingy boyfriend dog so yeah good luck distancing yourself
0: you try and put a mask on your dog joe he's probably gonna bite you (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, he'd, he'd look at me funny for sure. Ah, uh, but he's very obedient, unless he doesn't want to be. Uh, hey, I'm gonna <laughs> uh, I'm gonna call an audible here. Uh, and and uh, the good news is that no, as far as we know, our our pets are not carrying nor infecting us. Although, if you know anything about um, oh, what do they what do they call uh the the bugs that can jump from animals to human? Ticks, the, fleas. The, no, no, no. I, I'm sorry. That was a poor choice of words. I mean, diseases that oh. can jump from animals to zo something. But anyway, uh, the fact that it went from a friggin' bat to a Chinese bat-eating son of a gun, uh, and now tigers? I mean, how can you not think about cats and dogs? Anyway. Uh, Let's play clip number three, the Surgeon General, after informing us a couple of days ago that we are all going to be grief-stricken and terrified. Oh, thanks. Thanks, brah. It's going to be the saddest, hardest week of our lives. Uh, Clip number three is taking a slightly different tone.
0: The good news is that when you look at Italy, when you look at Spain, when you look at washington and california and even new york and new jersey they have truly started to flatten their curves they've seen cases level off and start to come down and that's what i want people to understand that it's going to be a hard and a tough week but the american people have the power to change the trajectory of this epidemic if we come together like we have after past tragedies in this country
1: yeah okay there you have it a little empowerment um... and speaking of which it's the, the spirit and willingness of the American people to join in the effort is incredibly important. But uh, in places where that's not happening so much, uh, there are arse kickings happening. Instead, on the West Coast, you got uh, Mayor Garcetti of Los Angeles, clip number 42.
0: If you've observed recurring violations of the Safer at Home order, please continue to let us know at coronavirus.lacity.org slash business violation. You know, the old expression about snitches. Well, in this case, snitches get rewards. We want to thank you for turning folks in and making sure we are all safe.
1: This is what? the numbskull who advocated going and confronting people in public. If if you see him out, what are you doing? Where are you going? You got to go there. Who? Wait a minute. Excuse me. Are you the going-outside police? Who are you? Eric Garcetti, who we, hey, we've profiled before, he has worked only as an academic and a government official. He has no idea how real people live. He grew up as the son of the celebrity DA in L.A., the guy who famously uh, uh, prosecuted O.J. How'd that one go? I didn't follow it. Um, Anyway, so, and on the East Coast, you got Governor Cuomo laying down the law.
0: Go ahead. You're calling for increases in cracks, crackdowns on social distancing, but we're we're getting reports of funerals and weddings in Orthodox Jewish communities in Rockland County and in Brooklyn still being attended by hundreds of people. Then they should enforce the enforce the rule, Jesse.
2: I don't care if you're Orthodox Jewish, Catholic, Christian, Muslim. I don't care what. It's not about religious observation.
0: But is there anything you can do, state police or other resources, to try to break these? The state sorts of- police will enforce
2: it also. But let a local government, it's a job of local government to enforce. I'm doubling the fine. It's my way of saying this is serious. This is serious. What right do you have to act irresponsibly in a way that could get you sick or someone else sick, and then I have to send an ambulance to pick you up and bring you to an emergency room that's already overburdened, that doesn't have staff, doesn't have supplies, doesn't have ventilators, because you were reckless and
1: irresponsible. You don't have that right. So uh I plowed my way through a huge portion of the daily coronavirus task force press briefing from the White House yesterday. Which was uh, it was uh, fraught with tension, honestly. But it's way, way, way too long, as I've said before. I understand the press availability part of it is important, but even you know the president uh, talking part is too long. And then Pence talks, and then the doctors talk. I wonder what percentage of Americans understand that asymptomatic people, people with no symptoms, can be carrying this thing around and spreading. And those who understand it at all are they aware that 25 to 50 percent of the cases are asymptomatic? I mean, some people are just stupid or uncooperative or they can't grasp even the most basic science. But I, I just I continue to believe that there are a number of people who don't understand why they're being ordered to stay home. It's not to protect you per se. I mean it is, but it's to protect everybody else because you don't know if you got it, which is why this thing is just so crazy and practically unprecedented. I was reading something uh, this morning about the early days of it and when the experts figured out that unlike all the rest of them, mers and sars and and, and you know uh, the monkeypox or whatever it was, um, that asymptomatic carrying for a long period is really weird. Often you're contagious for a day or two, but you know, that's just the way the human body is, but the idea that you could be uh, asymptomatic but contagious for uh, a week, a couple of weeks. I mean, that's terrible. Anyway, um, stock market's way up this morning. I'm keeping track in real time in case you care. Uh, S and P 500 about two and a half. A- 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 when this is being uh, uh, this show is being done live, uh, some people in some parts of the country get it on tape. But we'll see if it holds out for the rest of the day. But that's certainly good news. Moving up. That's right. <laughs> yeah, your 401k is looking somewhat healthy. Er uh don't look at it though don't look don't look i never look at mine no matter how things well that i shouldn't say that with uh, my financial advisors we certainly take a look at it and manage it but man don't don't ever look during a downturn it will not do you any good uh much more to come uh some of the political rumblings are pretty interesting these days we also have some uh just excellent commentary on people being idiots uh, from Tucker Carlson. And speaking of the White House press briefing, some of the highlights and informative moments from that coming up on The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The
1: Armstrong and Getty Show. An alarming development on my scale yesterday led me to actually exercising yesterday afternoon. Hit the elliptical. The COVID-19-15 is a thing. <laughs> Be careful, my friends. Be careful. I did if a... you're, Unless you're, you know, some sort of, uh, you're a nurse and you're busting your ass or you're working at a grocery store and nothing's changed for you. Yeah, we're all at home a lot more. And just, mm. you know, if you have little kids, you're not in the least bored. But just constant access to all of the food in your home is a dangerous thing.
2: This past weekend, I was reaching out to some uh, extended family, you know, the cousins, uncles, aunts, and stuff, that uh, that I hadn't talked to uh, since some of this started. And my, my Uncle Frank, one of the favorite things he loves asking, not just me, but everybody, when's the last time you broke a sweat? You're breaking <laughs> a sweat every day? You need to get out there and break a sweat. Wow. I love it. How old's Uncle Frank? Um... Uh, uh, what 60s? Would be? 70s? Yeah. Is... In the 60s, give or
1: take. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Mid 50s would be probably my guess. Mid 50s, early 60s. Big advocate for uh, exercise. Good for him. Uh, so, one of the main questions oh, there's there's some semi breaking news about the early days of the administration reaction um to the coronavirus and it's really interesting and revealing we'll get to that in a minute but i wanted to play you some of dr fauci from oh that's, that's so i was on the elliptical i was watching a long long period of the uh the press briefing and then got off and continued to watch and and there's some good stuff um i'm i'm not sure the press needs their questions answered in that format every day but uh, more openness is better than less openness so anyway clip number 17 here is dr fauci talking about getting back to normal
0: Will we truly get back to normal in this country before there's an actual vaccine that's available to everybody? How how do you you start lifting the restrictions safely? Yeah, well, well, John, if back to normal means acting like there never was a coronavirus problem, I don't think that's going to happen until we do have a situation where you can completely protect the population but when we say getting back to normal we mean something very different from what we're going through right now cuz right now we are in a very intense mitigation when we get back to normal we will go back gradually to the point where we can function as a society but you're absolutely right i mean if you want to get to pre corona virus you know that might not ever happen in the sense of the the fact that the threat is there but i believe with the therapies that will be coming online, and with the fact that I feel confident that over a period of time we will get a good vaccine, that we will never have to get back to where we are right back now. So if that means getting back to normal, then we'll get back to normal.
1: Yeah, normal enough. I mean, the only constant is change. So, you know, everything changes in one way or another, and that's fine. We don't need to go back to the way it was. But, yeah, just how about not staying at home and the economy tanking? That's what we mean by normal.
2: And these false binaries that a lot of reporters kind of present their questions in as if, anything short of back to normal is right, right there's there's somewhere in between doing better than we are now and back to normal but right. the, the the focus is always how do we get back to the let's let's focus on the small improvements incrementally that we're making as we approach there
1: exactly yeah it's not going to be a an a and a b it's going to be a baby steps thing and we'll see how it goes probably depending again on how the hot weather and everything uh, it changes changes the situation. So Jonathan Swan writes for Axios. He's, he's I think he's one of the head guys there. Um, but he is he reminds me of I have a couple of friends who are either uh, sports officials like uh, you know umpires, referees, that sort of thing, and or sports casters, and they don't give a damn who wins, really. Uh, maybe they got the team they grew up with, but, uh, you know, unless they're doing that team's game, they seriously don't care who wins. They're just trying to describe the action as accurately as they can and, and, and make it interesting. And Jonathan Swan reminds me of that. He is one of the few old schooly journalists who I really, I don't have any idea what his politics are. And I see him on CNN, uh, CNN, MSNBC, and I see him on Fox News. Um, But anyway, Axios is out with this article today that uh, Peter Navarro, was writing memos warning of mass coronavirus deaths in january inside the administration peter Navarre, do you watch the uh the press conferences the daily briefings he's he's on there every like two three four days he's the super animated little guy he's even smaller than fauci i think <clears throat> but he he gesticulates more than even donald j trump <laughs> he, he cannot say hello without like three hand gestures so he's that guy he's this super hyper and everything he's got the more energy than than you know i have in in a week um but anyway here's here's what uh, swan said in axios in late january president trump's economic advisor peter navarro he's also just as an aside he's been like our, our world trade rep he's big on uh, diplomacy and trade um he warned his white house colleagues the novel coronavirus could take more than half a million lives and cost close to six trillion dollars again this is late january by late February, Navarro was even more alarmed, and he warned his colleagues in another memo that up to 2 million Americans could die of the virus. Navarro's grim estimates are set out in two memos, one dated Jan 29, addressed to the National Security Council, the other dated February 23, addressed to the President, and the NSC circulated both memos around the White House in multiple agencies. <clears throat> so where they were not keeping it quiet. They were trotting it out there. Why, you might ask, well, let me give you a, A few more facts, and then we'll get to analysis. In the first memo, which the New York Times was first to report on, Navarro makes his case for, quote, an immediate travel ban on China. Remember, that's a racist and xenophobic and the rest of it. It it was it could have saved hundreds of thousands of American lives, that travel ban. The second lays the groundwork for supplemental requests from Congress with the warning, this is not a time for penny pinching or horse trading on the hill. Now, the president did quickly restrict travel from China and moved to delay the reentry of American travelers who could be infected um, and dispatched his team to work with Congress on stimulus funds. Um, now, they didn't go public with a lot of this stuff, partly because uh, one senior administration official <clears throat> said that in essence, Navarro's so anti-China, we wondered about his motives and his warning. Quote, the January travel memo struck me as an alarmist attempt to bring attention to Peter's anti-China agenda while presenting an artificially limited range of policy options. The, uh, and, and, the memo, apparently, according to some people, although the, the climbers in DC lie all the time. So, you know, you take all this stuff with a grain of salt. That's why those front page stories on New York Times or Washington Post turn out so often to be false is everybody's covering their own butt, protecting their own career and, and just wants attention. But, um, <clears throat> they're saying that there wasn't a lot of support in it, but I find it interesting since as steve bannon said navarro's uh, memos turned out to be prophetic um and and so many so many in the administration were hostile to his hostility to china um and it's funny the way that works is um and, and it's not a boy who cries wolf thing because Peter Navarro is a very, very smart guy and he knows a hell of a lot about China. And I think even people who disagree with him recognize that, but he was saying, Hey, this sickness in China could kill millions of Americans. Restrict travel now. And a lot of people in the administration said, Oh, there goes Navarro with his China thing. It goes. Oh, settle down there, Peter. Come on now. Um, and, uh, and, and there were, there was plenty of pushback according to Axios. Again, you got to take this stuff with a grain of salt. Although, given the way things did unfold, um, this sounds pretty authentic to me. So, this January 29th memo we're talking about set out two stark choices aggressive containment versus no containment. And Navarro compared cost estimates for the choices and wrote that the Council of Economic Advisors estimates for stopping travel from China to the U.S. would be almost $3 billion per month. That's really interesting. I'd love to see that number broken down. Keeping Chinese travel out of the U.S. would cost us, $3 billion per month? Wow! Well, if the virus turned out to be a pandemic, that travel ban could extend 12 months and cost the U.S. about $35 billion. But doing nothing, the no containment option could range from zero economic costs to $6 trillion, depending on the lethality of the virus. Now, that's a range. On the high-end, he estimated a scenario in which the coronavirus could kill 543,000 Americans. Wow, that is amazing. Dude was prescient. And and listen, who who at this point thinks a China hawk ought to be chuckled at, as opposed to listened to carefully? They're a big, giant, nasty, evil, bad-eating regime. China is asshole. Uh, You know, that's a more concise way to put it, sir. I appreciate it. Um, And and God dang it we've got to wake up to that and and where we go from here you know everybody's talking about what will be uh, uh, when will we get back to normal and and the phrase that 's just such a terrible cliche is this our new normal. Things will not, absolutely will not go back to being the same with China, and it ain't just about the bad-eaten coffin death. It's just waking up and realizing the person sleeping in the bed next to us is flat-freaking-dangerous and evil. Evil and dangerous is a poor description of somebody you ought to be in bed with. So, how that relationship uh, evolves in the years to come will be really interesting to watch all right a lot more good stuff uh, for you on the armstrong and getty show don't go away
0: armstrong and getty
1: they are also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens,
2: especially for women. That's why GameBridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs. With flexible withdrawals, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at gainbridge.io. Visit gainbridge.io slash for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort.